Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. I'm your host, Raina Starr. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but y'all know it is. Just sit there and wait a second. Uh, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible, the wicked one herself, the amazing, amazing, amazing... Dorothy Morrison, check out www.wickedwitchstudios. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your fine witching needs. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Utterly Wicked while it's still available. It's already in its second printing. It is the Hexing Book of Record. It is my favorite. Go get that book. Anyway... It's first Friday of the month. Y'all know what that means. Time for the pagan pundit himself, the amazing Talison Govan. And hey, Talison. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Oh, baby. Talk to me. <laughs> Let's hear about your book. What's going on? <laughs> okay, yes. This is the month on March 12th, book two in the Sorceress Saga is uh, being released. This book is called The Witch. And, uh, of course, as uh, those of you who have been watching the Facebook page for Desperate House Witches and all that, we have uh, done the big cover reveal that has Raina's namesake character on the front cover of The Witch. But not just that, but this is a book that a lot of the pagans and the Wiccans and the Druids and all the groovy folks who like to listen to this show, there's going to be stuff in there for you because this is a book where I finally take my characters to the Starwood Festival. And anybody who's <laughs> been to the Starwood Festival, yep, at the Starwood Festival at Wisteria, uh, uh-huh. there is a Druid ritual that is done in the Stone Circle. And if you've been to a ritual in the Stone Circle, you will know exactly what I'm talking about there. Uh, we even have the bonfire lighting ceremony. We've got concerts. Uh, i, I made up some band names. Uh, actually, I, I have a a fake uh, pagan rock band that I put in both Dark of Moon and in this book. They're called Wicker Man. One of these days, I just got to put a band together called Wicker Man just for I the know. hell of it. But, anyway. um, but yeah, the witch, is, the witch is coming out on March 12th. It's available for pre-order now on Amazon.com. Uh, I am also revamping com. There's going to be an all-new com coming out. I'm hoping to be able to premiere it, I think, this weekend, if not early next week. Uh, then uh, I will also go ahead and pass on the announcement once the new com is on the air on Terrena so she can blast it out to all you Desperate House Witches fans out there. Uh, this is going to have awesome. links to buy uh, all of my books, both of the books in the Sorceress Saga, as well as In Perfect Love, my 
pagan, gardnerian, uh, lesbian romance novel, uh, as well as a link to buy my movie, Darker Moon. It's all going to be on the new com, as well as a new uh, segment of free short stories based around one of my characters in the Sorceress Saga, the 1,600-year-old vampire Angelique Dupre. I'm going to be premiering a new uh, section called The Memoirs of Angelique Dupre, a little different than the diary segments that you see in the novels because, you know, diaries are a little bit more of a sketch pad of somebody's life, and these are memoirs. These are things that the character is writing to give a more full accounting of some of the things that happens in her life. Uh, the first story going up on that is going to be called Come As You Are. It's going to be set in 1994 Seattle, so right in the middle of the grunge mm. scene. Uh, I'm working on mm-hmm. one right now set at the Woodstock Music and Peace Festival. And an upcoming story is going to take place at the uh, Pagan Festival Pan Pagan 80. And for those of you who don't know, Pan Pagan 80 was like a seed pod that exploded and spread pagan festivals all over the country. All these people went to one festival. They all thought, this is brilliant. We should do this closer to where we live. And that's where you got things like the Starwood Festival. That's where you got uh, you got uh, Pagan Spirit Gathering. Uh, the, both of those yep. were direct spinoffs of Pan Pagan 80. And soon there's going to be a nice story about a – uh, ancient vampires stopping by the scene. Uh, usually on the lookout for predators and people who are preying on the good, peaceful pagan hippies of the area. So uh, it can be very violent and bloody, but in a good way. Uh, so all of that is coming this month. Uh, but the the witch, uh, that is coming out. You can pre-order it right now. It's going to be available on paperback and ebook. And uh, I'm also going to be doing a new signed copy uh, deal through the website coming out. Uh, and all of this is getting cranking this month. So, and I'm also going nice. to be probably premiering my new YouTube channel, my revamped YouTube channel uh, at the end of March. So, and that's going to have stuff about my writing, but also pop culture, music, movies, uh, books, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Excellent. Very excellent. Very, yes. very excellent. It's all fun. Very yes. cool. And I'm, I'm writing book three in the Sorceress Saga as we speak. It's called The Queen, and it's already fun. And also, you know, anybody out there who has friends who are part of the poly community, uh, you are going to be very happy. I won't give away exactly how, but there is going to be a major poly relationship in this series and uh, it's going to be something that uh, continues throughout the entire series. So there, there's, I'm doing fantasy, so I have license to do whatever the fuck I want to, and it's still considered mainstream. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. You've been busy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And after I write this book, I'm going to start on the first Trevor Hawkins trilogy of novellas that's going to come out uh, probably over the summer. So there you go. Excellent. Excellent. So, so. let's launch. What do you say? <laughs> yeah. Politics. There's politics, just, politics. There's just too you much. You know, it's, it's just so nice to do my prep work 
before I come on the air uh, these days yeah. because I see things like, um, you know, like, you know, Joe Biden is, uh, you know, you know, brokered a historic deal to produce more doses of coronavirus vaccine. People don't understand how big of a deal this is because all along mm-hmm. there's a plan from the Biden campaign to use the Defense Production Act, uh, you know, basically a wartime powers act to be able to fight the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but he didn't wind up even needing to do that when it came to producing the vaccine because, uh, you know, of course the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, it has, uh, it has, very high potential to help a lot of very remote areas because it's a single-shot vaccine. Uh, you and it also can only be ref- it can be just refrigerated. It doesn't even need to be kept in a freezer. And so rural areas, places that are far flung, especially areas in the third world, these are all places where the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is going to be vital to to fighting back this pandemic on a global scale. And the the deal that Joe brokered uh, between Johnson and Johnson and uh, oh god my brain is farting I gotta warn people I got some Willie special reserve from the dispensary uh, when I went to go uh, get some more of my medical cannabis that Ohio has blessed me with so I'm, I'm on Willie's reserve I'm kind of stout uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have memory spots but that's okay we'll get the gist. Um, but it's a oh, but it's another big pharma company. They were developing their own vaccine, and it didn't wind up panning out. And so basically, they've got all this production facility that they can use to produce a vaccine. And this other company is going to uh, Merck, Merck Pharmaceuticals. That's who it is. Uh, Merck Pharmaceuticals. Right. Their their vaccine isn't uh, wasn't really considered good enough to keep continuing with. So they're taking their whole situation and they're going to produce the Johnson and Johnson vaccine that's going to easily double the production of that particular vaccine now that it's been uh, approved by the FDA. So, you know, that that is a big thing and it's historic. I mean, you have never seen such a highly competitive industry like pharmaceuticals uh work together like that. I mean, really on the left, there's commonly a misconception about what's called big pharma, quote-unquote. People have this idea okay. of all these pharmaceutical executives getting together in a room and deciding how they're going to fix things. That's not really the case at all. These companies are fiercely competitive. If any one of them produced a revolutionary cancer cure or something like that, they would be the first to patent it and use it to grind their opponents into nothing. Okay, this is mm-hmm. you know, this is a cutthroat industry. The fact that they're going to open up and let another company's product be made in their facility and something that they're really going to be, they're going to recoup their costs and that's it. That's all they're guaranteed from the Biden administration, that you're going to recoup your costs, you're not going to lose anything. Um, but uh-huh. still, it's a big thing. And I'll tell you, I'm really, I'm really hot on this kind of news right now because I just got my uh, my appointment for my uh, COVID vaccine today. It's going to be a week nice. from Saturday. Yes, a week from tomorrow. I'm okay. getting my goddamn motherfucking coronavirus vaccine. So yeah, nice. yeah, I'm going to be getting the Moderna vaccine, I believe. So okay, 
I very good. that up today. So yay me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. No, I think that's great. Please, we need to I, encourage other pagans to make sure they get this uh, vaccination because I hear a lot of balking. Well, I'm a diabetic, and in Ohio right now, it's like they're saying, okay, you know, if you're under 60 but you're diabetic, you know, then, okay, great. That's good because I do have one of those things known as a compromised immune system. So I've, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like we, we've gotten to the point where we haven't even, my wife hasn't even gone into a grocery store in months. We've been getting curbside mm-hmm. pickup from Walmart. We've been getting delivery from Giant Eagle and all these. And, yeah. uh, you know, that that's what we've been doing. I mean, the other day, uh, my wife and I went out in the car. Uh, we were go- we were basically just going to go and take a drive and maybe go to a park, and I just was enjoying being out of the house so much. I'm like, I don't care if we don't get out of the goddamn car. Let's just keep driving. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Uh, change so, yeah, scenery. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah. So, we're, all, we're all going so, kind of screwy here. Yeah. Yeah, we all are too because you know even because we're even though we're essential workers, the only people we see are our coworkers and everybody at home, and that's it. I haven't uh, gone grocery shopping in an actual grocery store in almost a year, um, yeah. and I encourage folks who have the ability to if you if you do have the ability to do the curbside or the or the delivery to your house. I encourage you to do it if for no other reason that it just not because you're bougie or I'm bougie or anybody's bougie, <laughs> but the fewer right. people, the fewer people we put into the mix, the better chance we have of not giving it to someone and not getting it from someone. So uh, I'm big on that idea. It's, to be honest with you, it is probably something I will continue to do after I get and everybody else gets the vaccination, it is more than likely that I will still avoid, you know, any interaction that I don't deem 100% necessary uh, as far as, you know, large crowds of people. But, um, you know, so I I just want to encourage folks to, you know, do your your research on on, – the vaccination, if you feel a little squirrely about it, I do know that some folks are like, I don't know what's in there. Well, you know what? I don't know what's in most ships <laughs> that goes into yeah, my exactly. body. And if I see one more motherfucker eating an egg McMuffin saying that they're not sure about the vaccine because they don't know what's in there, I'm just going to slap somebody. I swear. It's like, I do know. you have any idea how processed the food that you're eating? You know, it's like, do you have any idea yeah. how many things you can't pronounce that's in your average white, uh, tasteless, spongy bun from a fast food place? Don't give me that. I don't know what's sure. in it. It's like, it's like you know you know what I know what's in uh, COVID? Uh, sickness and death. That's what's in COVID. So yeah. you know what's in exactly. there, motherfucker. Uh, it's like, yeah. holy shit. And, yeah, I, I've, I have zero. I just, I have just been ejecting people right and left for this shit. And I'm just like, and I was just outright blunt the other day. I had somebody who was trying to go around saying, oh, my God, my son is autistic because of vaccines. And that just set me uh-huh. off. I said, do not hide your ignorance behind your autistic child. You are a fucking coward who does not deserve to be a fucking parent. And then I blocked her ass. 
So that I just I it's like no. Listen, I'm a science guy, okay? I'm a scientist guy. That's why I like to be a pagan, because my gods can work through things like quantum theory. I'm not threatened by that. And I'm also not threatened right. by things like immunology and virology. I tend to trust the smart people on this, the people who are smarter than I am on, uh, on medical shit, okay? It's like, okay, look, when it comes to writing about you know, a bisexual vampire, I will slay a motherfucker before I give up my throne. <laughs> but when it comes to vaccines right. and shit, I'm going to listen to the people who know their shit on it, okay? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> do, do not come at me with half-baked-ass bullshit. I'm just done. Uh, it's like, you know, it's, it's so fun because I ejected all of the maggots from my Facebook feed. I actually can post whatever the fuck I want about uh, Twitter, and nobody dissents, nobody complains. I got rid of all of them. So, and half of them blocked me, which I consider to be an achievement. So it's like, yes. it's like now, guess what, folks? My tolerance for all this other bullshit is all of a sudden reduced by a great deal because I don't have these assholes to worry about anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's D-O-N-E just done. Mm-hmm. D-O-N-E done. Right on. <laughs> but what? But, but let's talk about something a lot happier right now, like the fact that right okay. now both the Attorney General of the State of New York as well as the uh, Federal Prosecutor for the Southern District in New York uh, and also uh, the lead prosecutor uh, for the local New York Civil DA in Manhattan all have Donald Trump's tax returns going back decades. Mm-hmm. Yep, the the, yeah. the the Supreme Court case he lost was the last ditch effort he had, and uh, all of the people that Trump put on the court voted against him. So uh, I noticed <laughs> that. That's pretty stellar. Yeah. I have to say, he appointed yeah. these these really hard right folks. And I was very surprised that Kavanaugh and Comey Barrett did not just fall in line for him. But I have to say, I, I, you know, okay, well done on this particular one. I'm still terrified of what they're capable of. However, they got this one, they got this one right. So I can't say anything about it, but. The thing is, is that I will say one thing in order to, there are certain levels of just fucking duh, levels of law that are just so plain. Just there is absolutely no place you can go to justify going against certain basic ways the law is written. You can even go mm-hmm. to such infamous right-wing people as Scalia, and there are some things where, you know, I remember when Antonin Scalia wrote, of course the Constitution permits gun control. That's not up for debate. And when Scalia isn't going to back your right-wing thing, pretty much you have no intellectual basis. And the hell of it is, is that for these people coming in, yeah, people, you know, like Kavanaugh is a sexual abuser. Uh, Amy Tony Barrett has some real whack job personal beliefs. But there's also a certain amount of pressure from even the other conservatives on the court of decorum of um, mm-hmm. maintaining at least some semblance 
of intellectual honesty. Um, just mm-hmm. because people like, like, I mean, Clarence Thomas has pretty much abandoned that, but I really think that he's going to resign from the court probably before the next midterms. I just really do don't say? think, I, re, I just really, you know, Clarence Thomas just is not interested in being there anymore. Uh, and I really just, and I think that some of these young people who have come on the court uh, who were able to sidestep a lot of the shit he did uh, kind of offend him. I just really think he's going to quit. Uh, but most of the rest of them, you got to maintain some intellectual honesty. And some things are just such obvious duh cases that it would be very, very difficult for them to justify, uh, especially when you consider that they're still in this trying to prove themselves stage. I mean, the Supreme Court is an institution that has its, cert- its own atmosphere and its own momentum. And it, even though mm-hmm. the people who make up the court can really heavily influence uh, certain landmark decisions, there are certain things that are just kind of baked into the system. And there's a lot of really intimidating pressure when someone first gets there to not do anything just completely boneheadedly stupid. And I think that this was mm-hmm. the case here that really helped. I also think the fact that Trump is out of power and can't help them anymore, let's face it, Kavanaugh's a weasel. But weasels have a certain self-preservation instinct. You don't throw yourself on your sword for someone who can't patch you up when you're done, basically. Trump is out of power. If, right. he, if, he, had, if he had managed to stay in the presidency, then, this case, then cases like this probably would have been decided extremely differently. Wow. 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 But, you know, it's almost like there's no loyalty amongst thieves because, you know, this is part of the reason why (laughs) Kavanaugh got appointed. You know, this is part of the reason why Comey Barrett pointed so that they could help exonerate him. And they're just not doing it, you know, giving him every break possible. And they're just not doing it. So I'm really tickled to death that, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's the decorum of the court or not going completely off, you know, AWOL or whatever um, from the rest of the court, uh, I don't really care about their motivations as long as, you know, some sort of justice happens here. And I'm sorry, until Trump is convicted, I'm still waiting for justice. Right, and you know another thing that's happening right now. I really think that Trump's health is way worse than they're letting on, because people are already so starting. People are starting to jockey for position to be the one who's going to be able to try to maintain the cult of personality right now, because there is no more Republican Party. The Republican Party is dead. It's gone. It's the Trump Party now. Uh, the CPAC conference yeah. was all you needed to anoint Trump. They mm-hmm. even had a golden fucking statue of Trump there. Uh, and a stage shaped like a Nazi SS symbol, a, uh, a perverted yeah. uh, Germanic rune, and that's how they designed the stage. So it is, it is the Trump Party now. That is what we have. We've got the Democratic Party and the Trump Party. And there is already jockeying for a position to take over when the old man kicks off. Uh, which I have a feeling he would probably wind up, uh, if he couldn't flee the country, he would probably wind up committing suicide rather than go into prison 
I really don't think he would survive well in there. Uh, but they're already jockeying for position for when the old man kicks off. Uh, and the biggest sign that you're seeing right now is Laura Trump is talking about running uh, mm-hmm. for the Senate. Uh, and the thing yeah. about the reason why that this is significant is because right now, if something happened like if a meteor hit Mar-a-Lago tomorrow uh, and took out Trump and Melania and all that, the person who would step into the leadership would be Don Jr. right now. For some reason, a bunch of your Sean Hannity's and all that seem to think that Don Jr. is the guy. Uh, Eric knows that he's not nearly as charismatic as Don Jr. Uh, is, especially mm-hmm. when Don Jr. isn't on a three-day coke jag like he's been usually lately when he's been uh, on camera. But uh, Eric mm-hmm. knows he's not as, as charismatic as uh, Don Jr., so that's why Eric's wife, Laura, is stepping out and uh, getting ready wow. to start trying to make her the face of the Trump party. Now, of course, right now the real battle is between Ivanka and Don Jr., uh, and I have a feeling, don't be surprised if Don Jr. gets popped with a major narcotics raid uh, right before mm-hmm. Ivanka does something like relaunch a new clothesline or something like that, because there's some shit going on behind the scenes there, but they're all daggers at each other trying to be the best in position for when uh, Donald Trump is no more. Uh, and you never know. It could, it could be something as easy as the minute he hits Rikers, they start jockeying for a position. Because uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to run for president in 2024 from Rikers Island. I mean, Lyndon LaRouche used to run from jail all the time back in the 80s. He was the wacky third-party guy uh, back in the day. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. and he used to run from jail all the time, but he didn't have a snowball's chance anyway. Uh, kind of, right. you know, he was he was kind of he was kind of like the Jill Stein of his day. But anyway, um, but yeah, no, they're, they're they're jockeying, and the thing is, is that Ted Cruz really thought he was going to be able to step in to a major leadership position in the Republican Party, but there's already signs that. The, I'm sorry, in the new Trump party, but there's already signs that Trump, the, the Trump party people are starting to edge away from him because we're probably going to be seeing some serious charges from the Justice Department against multiple members of Congress. Uh, of course, Josh Hawley is high on their list. Yeah. Josh Hawley was just, yeah. from what I hear, I'm, I'm getting, I've got some inside whispers that the Holly's office was advised by the FBI to not destroy any communications from the last 12 months or so, um, which of course cover that important period between November and January 6th. And uh, Ted Cruz, of course, would also be on that list. Uh, Lauren Boebert um, is another one because she was among the people uh, giving tours to some of the terrorists the day before right. their uh, insurrection, uh, as well right. as uh, Marjorie, T- Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's another one who they, she has yeah. been caught on surveillance cameras giving tours to people who were arrested the next day. Um, as a matter wow. of fact, another person in one of her tour groups just got picked up because now this is, again, these guys did a very, very bad thing. So even though what I'm about to tell you is fucking hilarious, I just remember. 
remember. <laughs> this guy did a really, really bad thing. Okay, this guy was arguing with his fucking ex-wife over text. And oh, no. she was saying that he was good for nothing. He had no ambition. He was never going to make anything with his life. And he was like, oh, yeah, fuck you, B and C words and all that stuff. He's like, look at what the hell I just did. And he starts sending her pictures of him inside the Capitol during the terrorist oh, no. attack. Uh, and, and, and Oh, yeah. And, and, and pictures, like, you know, next to the fucking uh, guy in the Chewbacca bikini, that guy, you know. And, and he's like, oh, this is all to his ex. And she is forwarding oh. every single one of them to the FBI and keeping a track of all of his boats and forwarding that to the FBI. And they match this guy's face to what was captured on surveillance cameras, and he's now facing 40 years in federal prison. Uh, and this is one of the people that Marjorie Taylor Greene gave a tour to the day before the insurrection. So the, uh, we have a real fucking attorney general. We, you know, it's like, uh, let me tell you something. These Republicans are going to be really fucking pissed that uh, that they didn't just let this guy go on the Supreme Court, okay? Because let me tell you something. Um, we got a new sheriff in town, and this is a guy who actually gives a shit about enforcing the law uh, and not caring where it takes him. So, you know, Merrick Garland... Uh, is going to be able to make the kind of mark uh, that he may not have been able to make from the Supreme Court bench. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what kind of buyer's remorse we got from Gorsuch there. So, you know. Oh, my God. This is poetic justice. I'm sorry. You know, they they screwed him out of his Supreme Court seat, and now right. – and he's not even, it's not even like he's vindictive because he's no. not. He just believes in the letter of the law. So, right. you know, oh man, it's just good. It's just good. And, and Joe Biden has given him express instructions saying, You are not my lawyer. You are the country's lawyer. You will follow any yep. case wherever the law takes you without any regard to what you think I might think about what you're doing. So it's basically Correct. like, yeah, it's like that. It's 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 like forward dotting every fucking I, crossing every motherfucking T, making sure no. that there is an airtight case, uh, because there's a fuck ton of people going down, um, including uh, a guitar player that I've listened to for decades. This really pissed me off. John Schaefer, the lead guitar player for Iced Earth, uh, has been finally been arrested. He was one of the idiots who uh, went out to commit a federal felony without obscuring their face. John Schaefer was a real piece of mystery to me because you just, what the fuck is going through this guy's mind? Oh, I'm a world famous rock star. I sold millions of records. Nobody will guess it's me. It's like, Jesus oh, Christ, what an idiot. Uh, but, yeah, these people are being rolled up. We're, they're saying they're probably going to wind up having around four to 500 federal cases that they're confident wow. are going to result in easy convictions uh, off of the huh. insurrection. Yeah. So, Damn. Um, and, Damn. and we're looking at possibly a dozen 
uh, Trump Party members of Congress, too. So, Wow. That's yep. crazy. Holy yep. shit. So, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm continuously fucking astounded. Can we just talk for a minute about, he never fails to disappoint, the incredible Ted Cruz. What oh. <laughs> Please. Why? Why? Why do you let your wife send out a text that says, Hey, everybody, my house is freezing. Come meet us in Cancun. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. He, he tries yeah. to throw his daughters under the bus. Are you serious? Oh, my oh, God. Let's face it. I mean, Ted's not exactly the sharpest crayon in the pack. It's obvious here. Uh, I mean, after, yeah. you know, at, after Josh and Ted's bogus adventure uh, in the Capitol, he thinks he's gotten away scot-free just because uh-huh. the Trump party refuses to censure him or penalize him at all. But the thing is, is he forgets Bill Barr is a private citizen now, okay? And it's like you're not going to have – nobody's going to cover your ass. There is no presidential pardon coming for you, okay? So you're not only going to be – Possibly prosecuted by D.C. Let, don't forget that Washington, D.C. is also a municipal system with its own laws. About three or four mm-hmm. dozen were broken on January 6th. Uh, and sure. facing not only municipal charges there, but federal charges. These are federal charges. And federal charges are things where you serve your time. You don't get out early for good behavior unless it's to shave maybe six months off of a 10-year sentence or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you will serve your time, and it is going to happen, and nobody is going to be able to protect you. You're going to have to flee the country uh, if you want to avoid going to jail. Uh, And so it's, you know, it's, and so he thinks he's gotten away with this shit. So he just because there is no, there is going to be no penalty here, because the Trump Party isn't a party. The Trump Party is a cult. It is an authoritarian cult where its only goal is the acquisition of power. They did not create a party platform at the mm-hmm. at the Republican convention last year. They pretty much just said whatever Trump wants. So it is not a political party anymore because political parties have platforms. Uh, This is a cult. This is an authoritarian cult that is just bent on the acquisition of power to get the acquisition of wealth for the very few at the top. Uh, So he is not going to face any penalty from his cult. Uh, Theodore is not going to. Uh, although I know that's not his name, I'll call him that because it sounds nice and condescending. Uh, and besides, you know, it, Theodore is one step away from Alan. But anyway, uh, <laughs> which is pretty much what the Republican side of the Senate is these days. I mean, you watch. There are going to be a couple of people who are going to want to leave the Republican Party within before the next time they're up for an election and they may try to do it early if the party keeps doing the outright Nazi shit. Uh, A couple of Mm -hmm. rather slippery weasels 
who I think are going to try to bolt and uh, either try to switch parties or declare themselves independents who caucus with the Democrats. Uh, and that is going to be Murkowski in Alaska and uh, Collins in Maine. Uh, because I think that they are, these people are getting a lot of shit from within the cult that they're still nominally a mm-hmm. part of right now. Uh, and I have a feeling yeah. that w- this is my prediction. Uh, Chuck Schumer knows that the filibuster's days are limited. He knows they need to get rid mm-hmm. of it. He knows that Manchin is going to stand in the way of that. So if anybody wants to go and caucus with the Democrats and get his blessing, he's going to say, uh, your cost of admission is voting with the rest of us to get rid of the filibuster. And I think that, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and the thing is, is that I think that the very real threat of that, I don't even think you'll have to go that far. I think the threat of that happening, like the minute that Murkowski or Snow's people start sniffing around the Democratic leadership to start seeing, you know, how, how, how the waters are, how favorable their overtures might be, that's when they go to Manchin mm-hmm. and say, hey, guess what? we're about to bring in one or two people into the party that are going to make you completely fucking irrelevant. Do you want to get on the right yeah. side of things now? And uh, because yeah. Schumer is, I mean, Schumer's an establishment guy, but Schumer is shrewd. He knows the way the wind is blowing. He knows where to fight his battles. And he knows that the filibuster is not the hill worth dying on. So I think that if he can broker mm-hmm. a deal to get rid of the filibuster, that's when you're going to start seeing people resign from Congress, you're going to see if he's not in jail yet, you'll see Cruz or Hawley uh, possibly resign from the Senate. You will definitely see Mitch McConnell leave the Senate because if there is, if it's a simple majority vote, uh, then McConnell knows that he will be completely and utterly powerless. And when that's done, he's done. The guy's no spring chicken. He might want to enjoy a few years especially since you'll probably be able to jet around and hang around with bikini models because his wife's more than likely going to be doing time. Uh, she's done some very, very illegal shit, and none of them got a pardon on Trump's way out the door. So Chow is definitely in the crosshairs of the Justice Department wow. right now. Yeah, so <laughs> you never know. You get rid of the filibuster, then Moscow Mitch is probably going to resign so that he can go yeah. and, again, you know, go, go, to the Riviera and try to, you know, tempt some bikini models to come hang out with an old wrinkly guy who's fucking rich from corruption. So you never know. And, you know, if, if he's in France, maybe he won't get arrested quite as Because let's face it, there's a whole lot of shit, you know, the, the, the Justice Department is investigating the NRA. Uh, it, was, uh, it was an investigation that was started in uh, kind of covertly before uh, during the last days of the Obama administration, it's being picked back up now. Yeah. There's a lot of dirty Russian mob money that flowed to the NRA over the decades. Mm-hmm. There are definitely going to be people going to jail from that uh, organization. Um, and when they start unloading <laughs> that kind of Russian shit, again, with the real Justice Department, they're going to be finding yeah. a whole lot more. And Chris Ray is, as an FBI director, he may have been put in there by Trump, but the guy's a company man. He came up through the FBI, and he has a certain dedication to actually, I don't know, enforcing the fucking law. So uh, between Garland yeah. and Ray, it's going to be a very, very long four years for people like Moscow Mitch and anybody else who took the dirty Russian money that the uh, 
that uh, Putin's government was paying people off with. Boy. Wow. Unbelievable. Can we talk? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. The things you find out. I mean, you know, we knew shit was bad when Trump was in office. It's amazing how much shit just fucking leaks out about everything after the guy is actually gone. You know, all oh, yeah. the shady deals, everybody, you know, not everybody in the Senate, but a lot of senators doing a lot of dirty bullshit. I mean, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's oh, yeah. scary, but it's, but it's fascinating. So let's talk a little bit about the stimulus. What, where are we? I mean, it's up, it's down. It's up, it's down. It's yes, it's no. What the fuck? They're going to push it through. Uh, they're going to be able to push it through on budget reconciliation. They already set that up before. And basically, uh, basically, people with six-figure budgets, couples over $250,000 are probably not going to be getting the $1,400 stimulus checks. You can be a single parent uh, and make up to $118,000, uh, yeah, you're fine. You'll still get $1,400 in stimulus. If you make $119,000, you won't get a stimulus check. Uh, but that's pretty much where the cutoff is. Uh, most of the people that we know, most of the people I know, we are all going to be yeah. getting stimulus checks for everybody in the household. Um, and it's going to be pushed through. It's going to uh, – we're going to – it's. They've been ha- they've been having to deal with amendment things and arguments and this and that and back and forth. Uh, there are going to be some things that are going to have to be put onto different bills, but they're they are not going to let this thing sit too terribly long. They're going to push it through probably by midweek, and then it goes back to conference so that the House and the Senate can put together a version that will pass both chambers very quickly. So we're probably looking at, um, well, quite possibly uh, we could be seeing checks the week after I get my COVID shot. So uh, we could be like maybe third week of March, fourth week of March. We could start seeing money hitting people's bank accounts. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, Joe Biden is already using the right language. He is saying that the uh, COVID stimulus plan has unified the country because 90% of Democrats like it and uh, 78% of Republicans. The only Republicans who don't like it are the ones in the Senate. But they're going to be irrelevant, like I said. And you watch. There are going to be a few bills that are going to be coming through very, very soon that are really going to ratchet up the pressure on the entire system to get rid of the filibuster. And, you know, really, I think Manchin is flippable on this. I honestly think that Joe Manchin is flippable on this because originally he came out and said that he wasn't going to vote uh, for the COVID stimulus unless at least one Republican voted for it, which is a great way of sabotaging the entire thing. Uh, That's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I mean, and he originally said that, but then he got leaned on like a motherfucker, including leaned on by a lot of people in his home state, and he came out and said Mm -hmm. that I am not going to stand in the way of it if it doesn't gain any Republican support. And thankfully, he used the uh, example of the Affordable Care Act to show that, you know, 
waiting for Republicans to come around means that you'll never pass anything. Uh, and that kind of thing. I don't um, understand. If the guy is if the guy is supposedly a Democrat, he doesn't seem to be very reliable when it comes to holding up Democratic ideals. So is the guy really like just a Democrat in name only? What's the situation with him? Because whenever there's an issue, yeah. his yeah. name always comes up. He's a West Virginia Democrat. And with West Virginia politics, West Virginia is such a weird fucking state. It was created because they didn't want to secede with the rest of Virginia uh, during the Civil War. That's how West Virginia was created. And yet their politics these days uh, can really sometimes give, uh, you know, like Alabama, Louisiana run for their money for how ridiculous people can get. And yet it's a state that regularly votes for Democrats for governor, uh, Joe Manchin for the Senate. But these are different Democrats. These are basically uh, what people used to call Reagan Democrats, uh, the, old, the old line conservative Democrat, uh, the, basically the person who could be depended on to vote for whoever the party tells them to for majority leader and to not stand in the way for things like appointments and all the other running of the Senate. But you, and usually he can be depended on to vote the right way on certain bills, but he's got his little things that he does. And he's always said that he doesn't, uh, he, he has this thing on the filibuster. I don't know why he's so hardcore against that, but it's all, it's always on that thing about the idea of, Oh, well, next time we're in the minority, we'll want to have that filibuster. Uh, the thing is, is that he's living in the past. The fact of the matter is, is right. that, you know, the Republicans have shown, I mean, the, the, the Trump cult has shown no compunctions to get rid of the filibuster when it no longer serves them. They got rid of the filibuster mm-hmm. on things that the old-fine Democratic Party wouldn't, like uh, Supreme Court uh, justices and that kind of thing. Even as the Democrats started whittling away at the filibuster, because the Republicans forced them to back then, uh, because they wouldn't mm-hmm. approve anybody, any any positions of judges or uh, even appointments to minor agencies, if Obama nominated them, they would stonewall everything. And they had to start whittling away at the filibuster then. The thing is, is that, like I said, you know, a lot of these people, like the Joe Manchins, of the way, there, are, there are more of these old-style conservative Democrats in the House. The people who aren't in the Progressive Caucus are increasingly either in the old Blue Collar Caucus or in the old line conservative caucus and again it's like you're you know it's not like that anymore you don't you don't save anything by keeping your powder dry you really don't all you do is you give them license to try to push you further towards their way of doing things um so but i still Mm -hmm. think i still think that mansion could be persuadable he's got a couple of hardcore pet uh, projects that he would really, really like to do. Uh, one of them has to do with the VA. I'm not sure where he's at on that right now. I also know, though, that one of his big deals is uh, help for West Virginia coal miners because, you know, just at least trying to get these guys some kind of training, some kind of job, because coal in this country is a dying industry. We are rightly moving away from a ridiculously polluting greenhouse gas source like coal, especially the coal mm-hmm. that you get 
in the Ohio Valley, of which West Virginia is kind of a part of, because that tends to be very high sulfur coal that's very expensive to burn because you need to have mm-hmm. very expensive pollution controls on it. It's a dying industry. Mm-hmm. And one of Manson's things is trying to get some federal programs to help coal miners. I have a feeling that if, if, if it comes down to it and they really, really need to try to move him, all it would take for it would be for Joe to sit down with him and say, listen, let's put together a program mm-hmm. to help these coal miners. Let's put together a program to get these guys trained in how to put up things like solar panels and windmill power generators, the green energy of the future. And let's, 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 let's put together a plan that's fully funded from the get-go and doesn't depend on some different Congress in two years reauthorizing it. I think if they put together a good program, he could be bought. Basically, you say, hey, we'll give you the thing that you've always wanted legislatively, and in exchange, you help us actually get it back. Because that would be the thing. That's the kind of thing that all the Republicans would stonewall. So it's like, hey, we're going to put together this bill, and oh, my goodness, they're going to filibuster it. Too bad we still have this filibuster. If we could get rid of this filibuster, we could pass your bill, Joe. I mean, it's some people may consider that, you know, you know, kind of like a dirty pool, but it's like what, whatever the fuck it takes, man, you know. <laughs> seriously, seriously. No, I um, I was really pissed last night because they were making um, the pages in the Senate read every word of the uh, COVID relief plan, and oh, yeah. um, and I'm like. What is the point of just stalling like that? What does it actually accomplish? They get to stall it, basically, because, again, remember, the Trump cult is not a governing body. They are not a governing party. They have no interest in governing. And because of that, they want to try to do everything they can to prevent anybody else from governing either. Because, for goodness sake, once these Democrats start passing these bills and people's lives start getting better – Look, you got to understand, the Republican Party has hemorrhaged people over the past two mm-hmm. months. Some estimates mm-hmm. are as many as 300,000 people have left the Republican Party uh, as, as it transformed into the Trump cult since January 6th. Uh, there are a lot of these suburban... One of the reasons why Joe was able to win and win with as many votes as he had was because of college-educated suburban Republicans. They didn't necessarily all vote for Joe, but enough of them stayed home. That's what happened in Georgia. There were some very, very Mm -hmm. Republican places that had very, very suppressed turnout in the actual 2020 election. And Mm -hmm. as another funny thing... Uh, There have been a couple of universities that have examined the data and done some polling, and they have concluded that it is definitely Donald Trump's campaign to convince everybody that the Georgia election was uh, phony and tainted and and a fraud actually depressed Mm -hmm. turnout enough to make sure that both Democratic candidates won their Senate runoff. It is Donald Trump's fault. So the Trump party will never admit that, which means they are going to do it again and again. And again, it's it's like I said, uh, they have hemorrhaged people, especially in the suburbs. And let me tell you, 
once, you know, once they start undoing some of these tax things, there's a whole bunch of people in the suburbs, a whole bunch of people who are literally middle class. We're talking like, like high five figures, maybe low, you know, like the, like the upper middle class right through on down to the mid middle class. A bunch of these guys had their taxes go up after the Trump tax scheme got passed by the Senate. Uh, a lot of those guys went from getting refunds to getting bills. Uh, and once, yeah. once the Democrats in the Senate are able to get together some ability to undo that part of the tax plan, that's what I think some people are going to be able to start luring uh, some of these Republican suburban college-educated voters over. Uh, right now, Ohio is going to be a major fucking Senate race in two years oh. because Rob, Port- yeah. Rob Portman's quitting. He's not. He's not running again. Uh, and Tim yeah. Ryan, who is Tim Ryan, who is currently my congressman, my uh, representative in the U.S. Congress is Tim Ryan, uh, because I am part of a ridiculously drawn gerrymandered district where I am part of the same congressional district as Youngstown, which is an hour away from me, uh, in a state that has 88 counties. Um, but, yeah. Right. Uh, but he is my current congressman, and he is going to run, and he is an old-fashioned blue-collar Democrat. And the thing about the old-fashioned blue-collar Democrats, he's like Sherrod Brown, uh, who is currently uh-huh. one of the uh, wonderful senators in the Democratic caucus from the great state of Ohio. Ohio is the heart of it all because quite often the brain is missing, therefore why we've had Rob Portman all these years. But I digress. Um, uh-huh. Tim Ryan is going to run. And the thing about these old Rust Belt Democrats like Tim Ryan uh, is that they can appeal – to these suburban college educated Republicans because they're more like the Democrats that these guys grew up with. They may not have liked these Democrats when they were young Republicans, but they're familiar because they're the ones they grew up with. If you if if you're old enough to remember names like John Glenn and Howard Metzenbaum, then you will know the kind of Democrats that these guys are. Uh, Sherrod Brown and Tim Ryan. And I think Tim Ryan, mm-hmm. I mean, people are saying Ohio is not likely going to be a Democratic pickup. I say that Tim Ryan could run the kind of campaign that's going to appeal directly to the people who Trump lost, uh, who the Trump cult lost after January 6th. The people who were through with them right through the election, the people who voted for Cheeto Jesus yet again, uh, but yet were chased mm-hmm. away by the outright treason of January 6th. These people, I think, could be reachable by one of these blue-collar Democrats. And the good thing about it is is that these old-fashioned blue-collar Democrats, you can depend on them. They are going to vote for a woman's right to choose, for reproductive freedom. They are going to vote for marriage equality. They are going to vote to strengthen these things. They are going to vote to at least strengthen the Affordable Care Act. And I really think that they're reachable on things like Medicare for All, especially since Medicare has been such a rock-solid program for the very demographic, the, the, the retired factory workers and all that, that formed the basis of this wing of the party uh, back in the 70s. So it's like, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's, 
you're not going to get a bad Democrat when you get someone like Tim Ryan in the Senate. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be Bernie Sanders. He's not going to be Elizabeth Warren uh, or people like that. But he's definitely no Joe Manchin. And he's and right. they're way more liberal than even a Chuck Schumer. So they're they're going to be good pickups. They're just not they're not going to they're not going to say the slogans that us progressives like to hear. But you know that they're persuadable on progressive programs uh, because if you can convince right. them that it's going to help the average worker, uh, you know, then they'll be on board. Which is awesome. Well, Talison, we are four minutes out from the end of the hour. Go ahead and right. tell folks one more time uh, where they can find your writings and all of your right. products and uh, well, you. So, please. Well, coming this, uh, coming within the next week, definitely, but hopefully this weekend, the brand new com is going to be launched. Like I said, I will send Raina a message with the uh, to go sign on it, go ahead and go check it out. You're going to be able to read about uh, both books that are out in the Sorcerer's Saga, as well as the other stuff I've written and my movie, Darker Moon. The Witch, book two in the Sorcerer's Saga, and one of the most pagan fantasy-oriented books that you're probably going to read this year is coming out on March 12th. You can go to Amazon right now to pre-order it uh, on ebook, and it's going to be available on March 12th on ebook. And in paperback, and if you keep your eyes peeled on talisong.com, you're going to be able to find out how you're going to be able to get The Witch uh, in paperback, signed by the author, with free shipping, and at a discount starting on March 12th. Mm-hmm. So there will be information on that, and uh, as well as short stories and upcoming videos and worlds of goodness. So talisong.com. And uh, go to Amazon.com right now. You can put Talisman Go Bandit in the search bar, and it'll take you right to where you can pre-order The Witch on eBook. It'll download at 12.01 a.m. on March 12th. Uh, so get, be there or be octagonal. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Talisman, once again, thank you so much for another amazingly interesting show, and I will see you <laughs> next month. Okay, folks, I will see you out. Uh, see you next time. Uh, same back time, same back station. Callison is out. All right. Okay, everybody, next Friday night, the wonderful, beautiful, lovely Lilith Dorsey joins me for the hour. Um, please uh, check out the GoFundMe page. Uh, our friend uh, Lilith is having some some troubles and we need to pitch in and help her out. So please check it out. Um, Lilith Dorsey is one of my favorite people in the world, as anybody who listens to the show knows. Um, Plus I have an amazingly huge crush on her, but in a friendly way, not in a sick, perverted way. I promise. Um, Anything else is private. But anyway, and on Saturday I have the incredible Jade Sol Luna is coming back to talk to me about what's going on in the world and uh, what the stars have to tell us through Asterian Astrology. So that's Saturday afternoon at 3 uh, Eastern Standard Time. I'll be speaking with Lilith Dorsey on Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, everybody, have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Try to get your vaccination or at least find out when it will be your turn if it hasn't been already. All right. Everybody have a great weekend. I will see you next Friday.